Hey everybody, it's officially draft season, and we here at Upside Swings couldn't do what we do without Global Shop Solutions ERP software. Simplify your manufacturing by scheduling a demo at globalshopsolutions.com. Thanks again for listening. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Upside Swings podcast. Uh, I am not your host, Bryce Hendricks, but I'm filling in for him today. My name is Stone Hansen. I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Cooper Klein, and we're back here with uh, Malik Grady. Um, he's here to talk about Orlando Magic uh, in our next uh, edition of the 30 for 30 series. So welcome aboard. How you doing, Malik? Doing good. I'm glad you guys are doing this. Uh, I, love, I love how you guys uh, talk about basketball in general, college basketball, the NBA draft, that kind of thing. So I'm glad to be part of it. Looking forward to a, a good conversation. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And Coop, how's it going today? It's going well. I've uh, been trying to teach myself to sew today. And uh, mm. that's been a three-hour endeavor, and I've <laughs> I've gotten nowhere. I've, I've tried sewing on a couple different garments. It's it's not gone well, but it, it's now been you, fun. You, you have fun a machine, time. or you get yeah. like a okay, yeah. It's a it's one pearl machine. two. Gotcha. Yeah, it's it's kicking my butt, but I'm I'm gonna get it eventually. <laughs> eventually, yeah. I'll. He's got to watch more YouTube. Yeah, it's it's hard <laughs> to find your exact machine. I, mm. well, it, yeah. You know, that's been my my problem. I'll I'll get off my tangent, but. Uh, the Magic, very exciting team. Uh, let's let's hop right in. Awesome. So Malik is a contributor for the Close Up Magic and Florida Basketball Hour. Uh, you can find his work at Malik G on Twitter. Uh, and Malik, what's just like your overall thoughts of uh, on what you saw from the from the Magic season previously, and and how you see them moving forward into this season? Well, it was a what we at Magic fans, we hope is the last season of such an emotional roller coaster <laughs> and a ringer. Uh, the Magic started five and 20 because of a lot of injuries to their guards and that kind of thing. Uh, end of the season, relatively strong. We're in the play-in mix, so to speak, um, as the season went along. But in the end, uh, we're able to you know secure the sixth pick in the draft, as well as uh, getting the final piece of the Vucevic trade, which is the 11th pick from the Bulls. So there's a lot of excitement because Paolo Bancaro, who was kind of surprisingly taking number one last year instead of Jabari Smith, kind of came through in his rookie year, uh, got a lot of on-ball reps, was a 20-point scorer, uh, had, had some, some real uh, things that, that we could we can hopefully build off of. Franz Wagner built on his second season. We had a lot more kind of health when it comes to the team in general. And in this offseason, they kind of finished the kind of final touches to making everything off the court when it comes to conditioning, uh, training, uh, the, the, those kind of things to being a fully traditional uh, strength team, training team, that kind of thing. So we're hopefully on the track to becoming relevant contenders, that kind of stuff, being on, on that track as we hopefully nail this draft. And like I said, don't have to deal with what we dealt with the last couple of years ever again. Yeah, for sure. There's, um, you know, a lot to build off of. So kind of just transitioning into that. Uh, Magic are one of my favorite teams that are not the Lakers, actually. I really enjoy I watched a lot of Magic this season just because I enjoy so many of their young players. Um, but obviously, they have a lot of young players, and not every single one of them can be a building block for this team. So who would you identify as, like, the main pieces moving forward, and how do you think the Magic view that? Well, I think the Magic, obviously, view Paolo Carroll, Franz Wagner as the, the main pieces. 
But really, um, Marco Fultz and Wendell Carter Jr. have kind of become young veteran uh, kind of uh, building pieces that are part of rotation, kind of two-way players who can do a lot of things on the court, have some positional versatility on both ends. And those are kind of the, the four main guys. Uh, beyond that, you have Jalen Suggs, who had another solid year defensively, even though the offense was a little up and down. His physicality has been a little up and, up and down. He's had some injuries, that kind of thing. But down the stretch, he really seemed, you seem to see something that you could build off of. And then Cole Anthony, up for an extension this October, became a guy who seemed to be a pretty efficient scorer, kind of settled into his role off the bench. Uh, even though he chafes at it and wants to be a starter, feels like he's a starter, it's hopefully one of those good problems where a guy wants to be a starter and plays like he thinks he's a starter, but may not be that on a regular basis and just kind of play like that off the bench. So those are the kind of, the, I guess, the, the six guys that are the main cogs. Beyond that, you have Jonathan Isaac, who we're running this carousel back again. Uh, he did play for the first time in basically up three years uh, this past year, you know, and when he played, he actually covered, defended the wing pretty competently, had some shot making, had some turnarounds, had some hustle plays, the stuff that we always wanted to see from him. And then he had kind of a torn muscle in his adductor, which apparently is in the groin area. You learn it from me every day. <laughs> and um, supposedly to be healthy now, should be uh, rehabbing, be ready for training camp. No one, as a fan is really believing uh, he's a, someone you, you, you draft around or you build around, you know, thinking he's going to be there. But if he is healthy, he's someone who can be like kind of found money and maybe, uh, you know, along with similar long-limbed athletes can give you an identity. Uh, the final maybe piece, maybe, uh, I guess, thorn in the side of some fans is Bol Bol, <laughs> who basically had his first healthy season this last year and um for a while there i had a picture that the magic had put out of the bowler coaster which is basically like in any given game you can see bowl do something amazing on winning where he's blocking a shot and dribbling with his ridiculous seven two frame down the court either dunking or fishing on the other end or just doing things where you're like what is this guy doing has he played basketball in this century uh he's highly recognizable my son who's six years old well we watching games he's like Where's Bobo? Bo? Where's Bobo? Bo? Because he looks like the freaking Babadook with a basketball out there. <laughs> I even used AI one time to kind of, I asked Babadook Bobo, Bo, and it came up with a couple frightening yet cute images <laughs> of Bobo Bo as a magic you know, Babadook player. Um, so he's on a basically non-guaranteed contract and he's probably not going to be anything, but what if he is? <laughs> because he does have that shooting ability. There was a while there where he was a really efficient offensive player, kind of clueless defensively, but next to all the other big guys with those limbs, the Magic were able to kind of get things done. And you saw Franz Wagner at the two a little bit this year. Some fans say they don't want to see that ever again. I want to see more of it just to make things weird because no one wants to see a six foot 10 German out there, you know, doing mock Schnell when it comes to getting in, into the paint. So I'm a big fan of making it weird and seeing what the Magic can do with those kind of blocks is plus $30 million in cap space possibly and seeing what happens. Yeah. So like you said, there's, there's a lot of options moving forward with them. Um, I'm with you. I love seeing teams get really weird with it. I love seeing massive lineups, just run, you know, five, seven footage out there and see what happens. <laughs> um, if any, if any team's going to do it, it's the Magic just because they have the personnel for it. But uh 
Yeah, it, it, there's like you mentioned earlier, they got picks six and eleven, or um, from that Chicago trade gives them two lotto picks. What a trade! <laughs> you get Wendell too. Um, that could be a whole other episode, but uh, so you have a lot of options with two picks in the lottery. Um, is there any any sort of possibilities or or scenarios that you think make sense? Whether it's packaging those two picks together adding someone on the team to, to make it work or, or more juicy for like a superstar type deal, uh, or if it's even just one of those picks, is there any sort of scenarios where you see the magic moving them? Well, I, I think it's like they say, the, the, the phone is open. <laughs> like the magic are taking all calls. There are only a few players that are kind of untouchables. Magic are ready to, to make a deal. They're kind of poised for a deal. They have a lot of uh, bite-sized contracts that can be put together. They have a lot of unguaranteed deals that can be, traded and then get gotten off the books quickly they have all their own draft picks plus the denver douglas draft pick for next year so there's options for them to do that there's some players that you think that they would like brandon miller seems like a magic player with his you know uh positive wingspan uh scoot henderson is a guy that they've scouted extensively obviously as they you know have moved through this but i expect them to just take pick six and eleven when uh jeff weltman was at the draft and they interviewed him he really just seemed excited to be able to take those two picks. And this month, they're going to spend a lot of time in interviewing guys, bringing guys in for workouts, going through all the nitty gritty, even if they don't get guys on campus, so to speak, like last year. Paolo Carroll never quite made it to Orlando. There were rumors of a workout. He was supposed to make a workout. We never did. Magic picked him anyway because they thought he was the, the, the best player for them. Um, I don't think you'll see that scenario this year, but with so many possibilities at 6-11, you might. But I think they're probably going to take 6-11. And, and the biggest thing, I think, for Magic fans and for this team is that the last time the Magic were in the top half offensively in the NBA was when Dwight Howard was on the roster. That is a long time to be in the bottom half. And usually not, in the, not just the bottom half, like 25, 26, 29, 30, like bringing up the rear, like true trash basketball offensively. So Magic fans and, and, and you know everyone, we want – the team to actually be competent offensively, be not an embarrassment, <laughs> be part of this whole modern thing that people do with threes off the dribble and efficient <laughs> scoring and passing and stuff. What a concept. To see that with the pinstripes would be a novel thing to see. And I think there are some players at 6-11 that seems like could help that uh, be a reality. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'll throw it to Coop real quick. Um, you know, we're talking about six and eleven. There's a lot of uh, possibilities, I think, with both these picks to get a really valuable uh, piece moving forward. Uh, the Magic already have plenty, obviously, but uh, who, in your mind, um, would be like an absolute ideal pick for the Magic? Maybe not like the most realistic, but still a possibility of happening uh, if things were to fall, you know, all the way correctly for the Magic on draft night. Well, I do want to selfishly uh, first ask Malik, uh, what do you what do you think about a uh, a trade with the Houston Rockets to move up to four, four and twenty for six and eleven, if whoever the Magic like in that top four group were to fall to four? Well, if I'm kind of playing that out, four and twenty, uh, and twenty is kind of the beginning or the middle of the range where kind of the top big men are are going to be available. Magic do have some wide open holes at the four and five. That's obviously, especially if Jonathan Isaac is not able to go for a full season. Uh, so they would have some interest in guys in that range. 
Uh, four would allow you to have your pick of somebody like Amon Thompson or Asar or Cam or you know whoever you, you actually really wanted to have in, in, in that position. Like I said, I, I'm thinking that they would probably still just go with six and 11, but there would be some interest in, in talking about such things, especially because there's some players, I think, on Houston that might be of interest you know, to teams like whether it's Kenya Martin Jr. who's wanting to get out or things like that. So there might be some interest, you know, they're kind of talking about it. But I think in the end, especially with the Magic, trades are more talked about than happen. Like in the end, they usually stand pat. Even if their guy is right there, you're like, man, like, I mean, when Tyrese Halliburton was, you know, dropping like a stone a couple of years ago, and he's a guy who I had targeted for the year prior that would be a very much a Magic player, the Magic seemed to have no inclination for trying to move up. They did maybe try to move up for Trey Young, I hear, during that draft, but usually they've been content to stand pat and trust their scouting, so. Okay, well, that, you know, I, if Brandon Miller were to fall, I would, uh, as a, if I were the Rockets GM, I would be shopping that pick aggressively to everybody just, uh, just to see what we could get. But uh, back to the, the questions Stone asked, if I had to pick a few ideal picks here for the Magic at, at six, uh, I think somebody who I really like, who I, I don't think will go here, but is like on my board here. I really like Nick Smith on the Magic. I think he had a tough season, like injury-wise, fit-wise with that roster, uh, but still showed a lot of flashes, you know, that you really want to see in your guard play. You know, really tough on defense, great shot creator, great off-ball shooter, can do a little bit of playmaking. I think he can meld with a lot of different lineups here for Orlando and somebody who's a bit more realistic in this range might be a bit more of a project. Uh, but I think Azar Thompson could be a really funky fit here, especially if teams really believe they can fix the shot. Uh, just adding another guy who can play off of and play like in that kind of like really quick ball movement, cutting playmaking, right. defensive playmaking as well. Style with Paolo, with Franz, with Wendell, even, uh, I think he's got a little bit more on-ball juice than he showed, and, and maybe he can even play like point guard, like as a six-seven massive, like mm-hmm. uh, point guard. Um, and I, I think he'd be a really, really fun fit if they buy the shot at all long term here at six. You know, one thing I, I enjoy listening to what y'all do in terms of scouting is a uh, I'm much more as a, a fan and a kind of Pollyanna person, I'm thinking about the things that the person can do and everything's going to go great. And they're going to be the best version of themselves, <laughs> but you guys do a great job of really kind of uh, pointing out <laughs> the flaws and the holes in players games and where they might crater and really trip up. And uh, I, I really in, in enjoy hearing that. Um, Asar Thompson is very interesting to me because I think body type, uh, maybe just tell me what you think. He feels physically, even the way he moves in some ways, he reminds me a little bit of, of Andrew Wiggins, uh, but with maybe a little more creativity, that, that, that kind of thing, and, and hope for, you know, ceiling. But just that body, that 6'5 to 6'6 to 6'7 range, 7-foot wingspan, the athleticism going towards the basket, he just seems like very much in, the, in that vein. And, and the last time the Magic had a plus athlete like that for whom – you had 10 guys on the floor and you might have this guy be the top athlete on the, on the court was Tracy McGrady really. And before that really kind of Penny Hardaway. So I think we kind of relished that idea of being able to have someone who might be able to just like, cause there were times last year, you know, Wiggins would do things and you'd be like, he can get 13 rebounds. He can just dunk on a whole team. Like I thought that was back in high school, but he's doing it now. 
So to have that kind of possibility and ima imaginative ceiling again would be interesting. Do y'all see any of that? Am, am I just, you know, whistling Dixie or what, what do y'all think? I think he's a, he, he is a very strong athlete and I think he would be the best athlete on the magic. Like the second he stepped foot there. Uh, and I think the real thing about Azar that stands out that kind of is reminiscent of, of Penny and T-Mac is that ability to just float, right? right. Like on the court, when he moves, it is like, in the air. Yeah. Like he can fly and he just moves down the court so smoothly. Uh, whereas I, I haven't watched as much Andrew Wiggins as I, as I should have over the last few years. I, I hate the Warriors and I refuse to watch their film, their, their games when I don't well, have to. I mean, he, he, but, was, he was an albatross for many years where you just, he thought he was mm -hmm. the best player on the court despite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, or Jimmy Butler. There's a negative or Steph Curry. You're like, bro, you're, you're maybe third or fourth. What are you doing? So I, I understand <laughs> yeah. not wanting to watch. It was, it was almost an affront to the basketball gods, the way he played before he learned the right way to play, in my opinion. So I, I, I get it. Yeah, I, I think it's it's very fair to compare him to that level of athlete. Uh, he's just like he's not the level Amen is, you know, but he is like a half step below that and still absolutely dominant as an athlete. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, Asar is definitely also another guy that's just like super big for his position. So automatically you just think magic. Um, but is there anyone he's up for like you? 220, 225 now, which is wild. yeah, yeah. I know he's he's super strong and and like Cooper was saying, just like kind of super unique in the way that he he floats. Like both both the Thompson twins, just the way they float in the air uh, is pretty wild. Uh, is there any other names to you, Malik, that stand out as like an ideal pick here at number six for you? Well, I think the other ones that we think of are Cam Whitmore with his athleticism, uh, what he's shown as a defensive base at 18 years old. Um, also, the the shooting, if you believe in that. And, you know, people are obviously afraid of the passing game and playmaking. But again, he's going to get all the reps he can with the staff as a developmental staff. They basically have one coach for every player. If you want to get in the gym, uh, one dude even went over to Germany last year with when Franz Wagner went over there, he's working every day. Like the magic are not playing when it comes to development. It's like Dallas back in the day when they would have all kinds of guys up, up off the bench to help. Um, but he's a guy, again, that level of athleticism to at any given moment, have a guy where you're like, Whoa, did you just see that? And He's really out-athleting a guy at the two and the three or that kind of thing. Um, another guy that we think of is Taylor Hendricks, uh, who I was lucky enough to, to see in person and get an interview a little bit. Uh, his character and his plus wingspan seems like a, a perfect fit for the Magic in terms of uh, the kind of person he is and kind of uh, you know that, that demeanor, hum humility, uh, a little bit of utility uh, player, but also the rim protection. Uh, this Magic team this past year really didn't bother the ball much when it went towards the rim or even on jump shots that much. Howell and Franz Wagner, you know, positionally at times were doing what they need to do, but they're not guys who uh, opposing teams felt them when they shot the basketball. Um, so to have a guy like Hendricks who has shown a kind of preternatural ability to play off the ball, be in the right spot, and also just flat out just uh, turn shots away, even on the break and in transition, that'd be a welcome addition. In addition to uh, the touch he's shown from outside as a three-point shooter uh, is a team that really needs shooting and, uh, again, might be able to unlock Franz Wagner being able to play at the two a little more and allow you to play, you know, Markel Fultz more. Uh, the one guy that 
does get brought up some, which is a little more of a like, ah, I'm trying to get there, is a guy like, uh, I think was it Jerris Walker, uh, who I think of more as, as a four or five. But again, the four or five, there's, a, there's some gaping, you know, uh, black hole on the team when it comes to that. So he'd immediately be able to help the team when it comes to that. Some short roll things, especially with Markel Fultz, that kind of stuff. He's a, he wouldn't be my first choice, but again, some of that I think you have to consider at that spot and um, kind of go from there. Yeah, I think he's definitely also just going to be like an option for them. They're, you look at the top four picks and it feels like it's it's going to be in some order, Wemby, Scoot, uh, Miller, and Amon. Uh, and then from there, it's really sort of what do the Pistons do, I think, from the Magic yeah. perspective. Um, there's, I, I think all the names you mentioned right there are going to be in play, uh, probably, uh, Osar as well. So the, I think the magic are most likely going to be picking one of those four names at six would be my guess. Um, we have another section in the outline, uh, which is realistic picks. I'm just going to skip over that. Cause I feel like all the names we mentioned are, are pretty much, uh, can fit into that same category. So, uh, is there anybody that you think at six would be like maybe considered a reach. Family. Well, it's funny. I, I had, a, I had tried to talk myself into Jairus Walker uh, in talking to my magic friends, that kind of thing. Uh, then I listened to y'all's in-depth uh, exposure, if you will, <laughs> of, of his game and the way he, you know, maybe guys went by him and he was able to do more weak side blocking, basically just because the guy got by him so quickly. Um, and then looking closely, more closely at the numbers, which is what I can do. I'm not someone who's, Gonna be able to grind a lot of film but i can look at the numbers and for me the two point percentage for him is a little underwhelming to be that physically uh imposing you know you're, you're six seven you're 240 um i feel like you should be much more efficient at the rim i mean obviously you know chet holmgren it, it was a freak but you know at the rim chet holmgren was putting everything in the basket and Jess Walker just was not in, in my opinion, in terms of just the numbers, that kind of thing. Um, they talk about the short roll stuff, but I think to unlock him, you're really going to want him at the five. Now there probably will be plenty of starts available at the five for the magic. Cause Wendell Carter jr. Usually has a couple of vacations, so to speak <laughs> throughout every season. <laughs> so he'll get his chance to play, but ideally at six, I'd like someone that you can take a little more of a swing on and, again, had that offensive ceiling, even Taylor Hendricks, who is only a straight line driver and hasn't shown much, you know, verve or panache with the ball. I've seen more of it from him, in my opinion, um, in terms of somebody being able to go off one and two feet instead of just two feet and having being in the right place at the right time for lob threats. And of course, the way he can shoot three pointers that uh, to me, he's, he's the kind of, he's the safest pick at that position. That guy that I think will obviously fit very well raise the level of shooting, and again, raise that rim protection and, and the doubling ability of the Magic. Because Mosley really wants to play defense where he's, quote unquote, playing, everyone's playing on a string, where people are playing together and they're kind of doubling as needed and, you know, trapping the ball, but also just kind of showing bodies, so to speak, when it comes to, to the biggest wings, when you're playing a Giannis, when you're playing a Jason Tatum. I think Taylor Hendrick would add a lot to that, just adding those kind of big bodies. So he's the safe one, the one I want the most, is Asar Thompson. Uh, I basically, I feel like, you know, in terms of, you know, you, you have your uh, wish list for Christmas. I've wanted a twin for a year. <laughs> you know, that's what I want. I've, I've left hints for mom and dad for a year for Christmas. I, I wrote my letter to Santa 
he says he'll shoot my eye out even though he can't shoot but that's the guy <laughs> that, that I, I, I want you know, um to have it happen if it doesn't happen cam whitmore as that explosive guy like i i still shudder when the magic passed on mikhail bridges who was the supposedly the best combination of shooting and defense at the small forward position in that draft and in retrospect to have not taken a guy who was considered the best at one or two things in the draft it just it hurts when you look back and Cam Whitmore is considered one of the best athletes and one of the best kind of you know possible scorers in, in that fashion and same with Taylor Hendricks thing like best rim protector combination of three and D that kind of stuff to pass on one of those guys would it, it would just it would just hurt especially a guy get someone who was more of a I think a high level role player as a big like Jarris Walker so that's kind of long-winded version of what I would say yeah, for sure. And I think you make a good point. Like to me, Dre's just sort of overlaps with a lot of the skill sets the Magic already have. Uh, you have a lot of paint predominant players um, with, you know, Paolo who can already operate on his own in the short role. And then you have, uh, you know, Wendell there. there. There's a lot of shooting issues that I think Hendricks um, alleviates by, by giving different lineups to the magic um, in the rim protection. Like you said, I just buy Hendricks more as a rim protector than Drees. Um and, and as much as I love Wendell, he's just, he's not a rim protector. Uh, so Coop, is there anyone else you want to add to this, which would be a reach to you at six that you wouldn't be a fan of? The, the problem here is that most of the guys in this range are like, I see the vision to some degree with the magic because while they have a lot of guys, I'd say they're only really set with Franz and Paolo. Everybody else is replaceable to some degree. Everybody else has flaws that you don't mind drafting over or under them, you know, to like plug in somebody as their backup or like to replace. Um, so it's really kind of hard to find somebody in that range who are like, oh, this is a bad fit. The only guy who I've seen kind of mocked in this range who I don't think will go this high, uh, but I... I think is someone who I wouldn't take for the magic at either spot here is Keontae George. Um, I think Keontae is kind of very simple in just, he is going to take tough shots and he is going to make some tough shots. Like every single shot he puts up has a chance of going in. I don't know what else he does or brings to this magic team that already has Cole Anthony, who I think is just better at taking tough shots and has matured a little bit and, and gotten better. I like, I get that you want to add shooting and Keontae is like a guy who could really improve, like add some shooting to this team, but I don't think the type of shooting he adds uh, is worth taking him here at six or at, at any point in the lottery at, at six or 11 for the magic. I think the other two guys that I've seen, at least in maybe one or two mocks are Anthony Black and Kaysen Wallace. Uh, those I think are more for the people who look at the Magic roster and forward thinking and saying, hey, they need more playmaking. They need that big point guard facilitator, that, that kind of thing. Uh, maybe not as high on um, Marco Fultz as a lot of Magic fans are, having necessarily seen what, what, what he's been able to do. Um, for, for Magic fans, we, we're kind of trading uh, the videos of the Magic's uh, year-old shooting coach working with Markel and, and seeing is this the year that he finally maybe gets a little volume from behind the art, that kind of thing. So we're, we're not quite as worried, especially because you do have Paolo and Franz as big initiators as well. But again, like I said, Anthony Black and, and Casey Wallace are guys who I'm higher on Casey Wallace than Anthony Black. I'm not sure where, where you guys stand. Um, maybe it's just kind of covering 
my hedging my bets because Kentucky guards have tended to be like, hey, guess what I can do? <laughs> you know, when you get to the league, like, wait, where was that? What are you kidding me? Like, oh no, I had it all along. Inside, outside dribble. Here you go. Like, no, you didn't have that. Son of a bitch. <laughs> so, you know, I would not be because there were some times he was doing some mid-range assassin work, like for Kentucky. And you're like, wait, is that do you have that all the time? If so, why don't we see all the time? Why are we seeing some of these other bums you know, shooting shots? Because if you can do it all the time, just do that. You know, so those are the guys that that um I kind of you wonder if you'll see in there. But like I said, I I think the other guys are a little more make more sense. Yeah, yeah. Kassan uh, Wallace, uh, sorry, real quick. Kassan Wallace mid range assassin status is a lot better than anything else Kentucky was going to run last year or <laughs> anything specifically through Shibway. So oh, uh, you know. <laughs> I, yeah. The, the, the recent news that um, they might snag Tolu Smith, the kind of beefy center from Mississippi State. I just hate the idea of Calipari accidentally getting a better center than Shibway, <laughs> despite his best efforts. It's just going to be so annoying to SEC fans. So yeah, well, when Shibway comes back, they'll they'll be sure to just to run both of them in the starting lineup. Um, yeah. But oh, God. with the eleventh uh, pick, as we transition a little bit here. Um, who would be a name or maybe two, if you have them, that would be like all the stars align and you're like, you know, over the moon about them falling past where you expected and in, in the magic happen to get them at 11. Well, I mean, in, in the mock drafts that I've done, that I've seen, uh, the two names that keep popping up, the biggest one is, is Grady Dick. Uh, again, in that's he's listed the same size as Franz Wagner was listed coming out of, of college. Of course, Franz Wagner just decided, hey, I did some uh you know red blood cell therapy over in munich i'm actually 610 <laughs> gotcha <laughs> like what you know so maybe he'll get that same treatment but unless that happens he's a 6768 kind of two guard type of a guy but uh he's a guy that i keep seeing maybe kind of fall because teams like dallas teams like washington maybe want to take a bigger swing maybe get bigger players maybe make a trade um and then beyond that jordan hawkins who you know when i started really started watching other teams especially in the tournament stuff, he was the most fun guy to watch. Just endless movement, uh, coming off screens, drawing fouls because guys weren't even expecting him to just pull up and just unbothered by defense. He's like, you're covering me, but I don't care. And just shoot. I mean, just the, the, the effortless form and to be, you know, arguably the, I mean, obviously definitely the highest scorer, but maybe the, the best player on that Connecticut team at, at times when they had so much talent was just really impressive. So again, talking about getting the best player at a certain skill, if you could get Gray Dick or Jordan Hawkins, who are considered the best shooters, whether it's movement or what have you on your team, again, that's something that Magic fans would be happy. It's like, oh, we got the best of something. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's just nice to maybe be able to take that home to mom and say, well, he's, he's supposed to be the best in his class at this or that and the other to be able to feel good about ourselves. So, Yeah, especially like if you guys happen to go with, uh, you know, Asar or Cam, uh, and those guys are still developing their shots, obviously. So just in the short mm -hmm. term to be able to have someone that sort of fills that shooting need with your other lotto pick would be pretty awesome. Uh, Coop, is there anybody other any other names uh, that you would like to add to this list? Yeah, I mean, you talk about adding great shooting. Uh, we have to look at my guy Bryce Sensabaugh. Uh, Bryce also said that we have to bring him up here, but uh, I do love Bryce uh, almost as much as Bryce does. So, uh, Florida, I, I Florida think, kid, Florida kid, man. 
Yeah, perfect, perfect fit. Uh, I mean, <laughs> he could really shoot off the ball. Great catch and shoot shooter can self create in the mid range. Uh, I think I, I, I buy the self creation moving out to three. He's got the grift. You know, I, I love guys who, who've got the grift. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you saw him improve in season, became a better defender, pretty young. And, you know, you can't teach being a pretty young freshman. Uh, and, you know, I, I think it would be if you really wanted to commit to the bit, you could go Leonard Miller here at 11. Uh, and no Gigi just, Jackson? No? No. no uh, 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 too, not far, funny. too far. Not, not, not funny. <laughs> Uh, but, but yeah, just add another six ten guy who can defend and, and hustle and can't go wrong. You know, if if the Raptors, you know, maybe if you just want to mess over the Raptors, because I am a hundred percent convinced they're going to take. Well, the Thunder. I mean, like we keep hearing the Thunder might be a possibility. With with, with Bryce Tensibal, I I love the scoring, I love the efficiency, I love the bag. Worried about with the Magic after having so many injury issues in recent years, had so many injuries in high school like there was a lot of surgeries a lot of cutting on uh in high school my, my understanding uh so to bring that in willingly as a magic fan as an organization is a little bit scary and then of course the the defensive issues those are two things that that kind of make, 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 make you pull back especially compared to, to to dick and hawkins and stuff but he's definitely somebody that, that you 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 look at as a okay <laughs> i mean if you're talking about offense you gotta talk about a guy like bryce Stensball, yeah yeah, I mean, if the the goal with the eleventh pick were to be shooting, I feel like the first three names with with Dick Hawkins and Sensabar are uh, probably the very top of the list. I would imagine. Um, we're gonna go over the realistic picks thing because I feel like again, all the names you brought up, uh, ideally, we're actually realistic for once. What? Yeah, are realistic. Yeah, so um, you know, we're being level headed here. Uh, with the it won't last. <laughs> okay uh, uh we'll see how that goes i'm sure cooper will pick someone crazy for the 36th pick um who do you think would be like a pick you would not be a fan of at 11 uh that they might pick and you just would not be that happy about well i mean if just just walker falls here he's one that you'd be i'd be like okay yeah he fits but the biggest one uh <laughs> i allow myself to be talking to this guy and then once again, hearing you guys just say he is what he is, I was glad to kind of let go of my uh, my blessing. Is uh, Derek Lively, <laughs> who you know, young, long, uh, should be a, a great uh, defender, even if he's not necessarily switchable. Should be a great you know finisher inside, even though he's not doing much else. But to take uh, a center at eleven uh, when. It's not that long ago we, we took Mo Bamba. And again, I'm not saying Derek Lively is Mo Bamba. I'm saying he has the motor issues and all. But just positional value-wise, uh, in what I feel like we have learned or should have learned from the draft, to take a one-position player who basically just plays on one in, end of the court, that would be really hard to swallow <laughs> as a Magic fan. Um, I'd love the synergy with um, Paolo Bancaro as a Duke guy and all. But like I said, that would be one I'd be like, I'd be gritting – my teeth like well at least we got the best prospect at center <laughs> but I, i'll be screaming into the pillow afterwards though yeah and i think the like for people that do have him this high for the magic specifically i feel like you have to buy some sort of developmental track for lively to really make it worth taking at 11 for the magic when other uh maybe spacing prospects are available for them 
Uh, Coop, is there anybody else uh, that you, if you were a Magic fan, would not be happy that they took at 11? Uh, well, you kind of brought up the name earlier, but uh, Gigi Jackson, uh, as somebody who I I think, e- even if you super buy Gigi, which I, I don't, but even if you do, you want to see him go to a team where he can get reps and like high leverage reps where he can run some pick and rolls, see what you can get out of the shot, you know, have guys who can really insulate him defensively and be able to bring him like along slowly. And I don't think that that's what the magic are really looking for. I think with the 11th pick magic are really looking for, or if I were a magic fan, I really want to look for somebody who fills a need and it's just really, really good at the thing that we need them to do. And, and really that's shooting, right? Like I, I don't super love the fit for a guy like Jet, but I, I won't bring him up here because at least he shoots the ball like yeah. really well and can just like do it on a ton of volume. Uh, it's, and it's just hard to find guys in this range. And like, even if you buy Gigi's shot, I don't think that that's like the sell for him going 11. Like you can find guys who are 6'9 and can hit spot up jumpers right now at 11 that aren't Gigi. Uh, and the only other name I can like, kind of pull out of my butt is uh, Jalen Hood Shafino if he goes this high, but I don't think he's like mocked to go this high. Just another guy who I think needs a very specific like development tract. And I don't think that the Magic are looking for a project like that at 11. Yeah. Now the one thing that the Magic will do that they are going to, um, with their dribble handoff offense, like that's not just because Mosley thinks it's the best offense ever, it's because they try to get the on-ball reps as much for guys like RJ. Um, gosh, I'm making his name, but was it was the Hampton? Uh, RJ Hampton, yeah. I think RJ Barrett for some reason, but um, RJ Hampton got all the on-ball reps he wanted as a second-year player. Even Chuma AKK got a lot of on-ball reps because they want the guys to be able to, to see the defense, be able to have maybe an advantage in those things. And some guys take those those reps and they learn something and that they become better so i do think a guy like Gigi, a guy like linda miller would get all the on-ball reps they wanted whether it's the second team or, or, or what have you and all but but i do agree that it, it is a little bit farther to see especially when there's so many guys maybe a tier above that you can see it a little more clearly the finished product or what it's supposed to be you know you, you you're the, when it comes to the the squinting at the painting you can see it a little more clearly yeah for sure i think um you know, it's, it's really going to be interesting. I mean, this is the team that, like, apart from the Lakers, but even I think if I'm being unbiased here, like, I think the Magic are just the most interesting team in the league in terms of, you know, who they have the and now the two lottery picks that they have and how they utilize it all moving forward. So um, definitely uh, going to be focusing on them uh, during this draft. Uh, with the 36th pick, I don't know if they'll keep it if they want to bring in, you know, three more rookies. We'll see how that goes. Uh, if they were to keep it, though, uh, who might be a name or two that you'd be uh, pretty happy with if they, they ended up taking? Well, this the second round has been the place where uh, the proverbial football has been pulled away from uh, me as Charlie Brown the most by the Magic. Every year there's been a player or two that I think they should have taken, and they'd be like, guess what? We're trading it for the second rounder from the Bucks in two years. Like the Bucks, that's a shitty second round pick on top of it. Why couldn't you get a good one? So they do it every year. I'm on record, you know. I think I tagged old takes exposed as well. That this is the year Magic finally used 
their second round pick because there's the extra two-way spot um, that you can actually stash somebody. Um, for this spot, I, I, I think the best spot would be able to get a young developmental big or even just a young older big who fills a role in terms of rim protection, efficient scoring. Uh, the guys that I've been looking at are guys like um, James Naji, uh, Trace Jackson Davis, um, maybe even like, you know, Adam Bono, those, those kind of guys. But those are the guys that I'm looking at 36 that, that might fall, fall that far. Uh, I think Naji would be the ideal pick because then you might be able to stash him for a year over in Barcelona to get bigger and stronger and better, bring him over next year. Um, but Trace Jackson Davis fits in, in a lot of ways. Even though he's not a shooter, he does have the he does have the, I guess, the bona fides for guys that have suddenly become shooters out of nowhere, <laughs> like Al Horford, who, who a Florida guy who I love. But um history, he did not shoot threes in college. He was not shooting them, especially not the way he is now. But he showed all those, you know, uh, things underneath, you know, in terms of the touch, in terms of the outside pulling, in terms of the free throw percentage. So he's a guy, maybe he can do some of those things. Beyond that, um, maybe a big forward like a Jalen Wilson. Uh, maybe some of those guys, maybe, maybe even the, the, the Jaime, uh, was it Martinez or whatever, Marquez from UCLA, those kind of guys just fit in the the roster as a glue guy, a roster guy. I, I think, or maybe kind of, I'm resigned to Chume OKK, maybe not being so long for the roster, uh, maybe not bringing back Goga Batadze, guys that, you know, maybe replacement level young guys, but maybe just kind of recycle the bottom of the roster, get some guys that might actually do something, so. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Coop, is there any other names that you want to add here? You know, got to be a little bit of a homer. I would love to see the Orlando Magic get Marcus Sasser uh, here at 36. I don't know if he, like, lasts that far. I don't know what his actual range is. But just a guy who can be kind of a, a more veteran presence, can really shoot the piss out of the ball, get into the lane, I think can really complement your stars and, uh, and play next to them and uh, really kick butt. And I'm going to steal uh, one of Stone's guys here. I would love to see them get to Quavion Smith. Uh, okay. I don't know. I don't know what his range is. Again, like once you get outside of 20, it's like, what, what is range? But uh, Turk, I really buy the shot. I really buy the NBA range. Uh, and in spacing, I think he can really slash, can really cut. And, you know, you can kind of use him as, as a skinny Eric Gordon for this team, really open up some extra space for your stars to uh, That's putting to him mildly in. calling him skinny. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Mega, ultra, super duper skinny, Eric Gordon. How, how does that work? Like maybe, like maybe scurvy, maybe tapeworm, Eric Gordon. Like, is, is he really 165 pounds? Is that, is that, as you see, 6'3", 6'4", 160, that's, Alan Iverson was 165, but he was 5'11". Like, I, I, how does that, I don't even know how that works. That's amazing to me. I'm not sure I've ever seen or evaluated a player that like one of his bigger knocks was his frame being so thin and then he comes back the next year and loses weight like i don't think i've ever oh seen God. that it's just pretty wild uh, I mean, alex fudge is only 190 he got yeah. up to maybe 200 now, speaking of florida guys you know we we're talking about before the show um but you know he's only just turned 20 you know what i'm saying and he's he's six nine with a seven one wingspan like bro what's your excuse i mean like when when amani bates is like hey do you want this sandwich you should eat it i mean that's bad that's bad bro <laughs> yeah i know that uh, turk is like extremely thin but i i'm with coop here where i think that 
like on ball creativity and just yeah. being able and to offense. take off the dribble threes is uh, huge for them. Yeah. Especially if there's like a world where, you know, something opens up and they like want to do a Cole Anthony sign and trade or something or Cole were to leave. Like, I think that Turk is a, a decent enough replacement level guy to, to take on that sort of role. Um, the other name I would add here at 36 would be Julian Strother. Um, I think that okay. he uh, adds a really high level of shooting for them and finishing uh, the defense. What about the other Julian Phillips? Is that a similar range for you as well or not so much? Or? Uh, I've yet to really like dive super deep on him. Um, so I couldn't give you like a straight answer on that um, I, until, you know, I actually get to that point. Um, although I was pretty, I've seen a bit of him and I, I'd be pretty in on him if he were a second rounder uh, from the little bit that I've seen. Um, but with Strother, I think that the defense is obviously a concern, but when you have guys that are as long as the magic and can fill a bit of space um, and Strother to me, like I, I said on the podcast, but I think he's really improved as an on-ball defender to the point where the off-ball defense is less concerning when you have, like I said, the amount of super long wingspans that the magic do to I cover imagine. up for him. So he'd be a guy at 36. I'd be interested in somewhat of an overlap with Caleb Houston, but um, you know, they could, they could fight it out for whoever that wants to be the 10th man. Um, if, uh, you were to say like, what would be your absolute like worst case scenario, whether it's the picks that they take and you don't like them, or they make a trade that you really are not into, like, what would be the absolute like catastrophe scenario for the magic on draft night? Uh, I think it'd probably be like, if it was like Jairus Walker, Anthony Black, something like that. <laughs> Guys who, you know, you can see it um, in terms of fit and um, helping the team, but the offensive ceiling is lacking. This The uh, excitement as a fan is lacking. Um, you know, th- those are the guys that, that if you reached for Grady Dick and then went, you know, safe with the 11th pit, those type of things are the ones that, that, that would kind of, you know, frustrate, frustrate me a little bit because this is the – this is our hopefully, fingers crossed, our last go around at this in terms of being in the lottery and lottery parties and that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, see what happens, especially with, like I said, thirty million in cap space upcoming. Um, you know, I'm, I'm already targeting guys like, with, with might we get Fred VanVleet? Might we throw a big offer at Austin Reeves and and see how that goes? You know, so that's what I'm hoping is is, is to get that offensive ceiling going <laughs> for, for next year. Um, so to have guys that are just kind of like, oh, yeah, he's a great fit and a good guy. And watch out for that short roll. <laughs> like short rolls feel like the screen assist. You're like, I mean, you got to really be a podcast junkie to fall, you know, get a woody about freaking screen rolls or, you know, or short rolls and screen assist. I mean, honestly, <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah, I feel like that's the kind of people that listen to our podcast, just like absolute yeah. sickos. Um, yeah, for, for you, Coop, is there anybody, is there any different answer or is that sort of the same lines for you? Yeah, it kind of falls into the same kind of lines. I guess Jairus at six, uh, I think both for them and for Jairus, I think it's a bad fit. I think, uh, you know, as someone who is a sicko enough to, to really, really get a woody, as you said, for uh, for short roll passing. <laughs> um, <laughs> and as a, as a biased Houston fan, I, I would... Uh, you know, I'd like to see him go to like Indiana or even Detroit where he can like 
oh no, he's competing against Marvin Bagley in training camp and it's not even a competition because Bagley sucks or something like that. Uh, but I like him in, in Dallas even. I think Dallas would be fun. Dallas, Dallas. Know? Oh my God. Him with Luca. Yeah. Woo! Okay. Yeah. See that, that so. makes me excited. Uh, but I, I think Jarris at six and then, you know, just taking a massive project uh, you know, there Jed Howard, who's who somehow sprained both ankles at the same time, like he's missing the goo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, just taking two guys who would be projects. I think just the inverse of like what you said earlier, where it's like you want at least one guy who can come in and immediately do something, immediately add to this roster. Uh, if if you're going to take one to be a project, I, I don't really have a different answer. I think I agree with both of you guys. Where. You just you probably don't want to take someone like Jerry's at six, and you don't want to reach at six for someone that you could probably get at eleven. Like if they were to take Grady at six, uh, you have another pick for a like a Plan B type option if Grady were to go ahead uh, of eleven. But yeah, I, I sort of agree. Um, as far as your best case scenario, like what would be your absolute dream scenario for the Magic on draft night? I think right now I'm probably going to say a sore and Dick, um, although ideally I think Asur and Hendricks would be my, my absolute dream scenario. I don't see Hendricks last in line. I think there was a time when people thought that Hendricks might be the guy to take it 11, but it came clear in, in the mocks and seeing how things are going on. I was, I was telling people, I was like, listen, if we don't get Hendricks at six, we're not getting him. And, and that's fine, but just understand that by passing on him there, you're just not going to get him because of his combination of rim protection and shooting. So. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I mean, I have Hendricks at 11 too, but if he's someone you really like and you think, like you're saying, is it's probably going to be gone by there, I think you would just take him at six. Just, uh, you know, take a, the two-spot value reach, if you want to call it that, and yeah. uh, and live to see another day. For uh, you, Coop, is there any different answer here for you? Yeah, I would love to see the Magic come out of this draft with Azar and, uh, and Nick Smith. I think that would be. I I think I'm. I Stone and I are the world's preeminent Nick Smith fans outside of the <laughs> the Smith family, but uh, I I think Orlando, like I already talked about, would be a great fit for him. And, and you already talked about Azar, but just adding two guys who really like give a shit on the defensive end and can do stuff on the offensive end, right? And at the end of the day, they're both kind of projects, but both also project to already bring stuff to the team that they don't already have. They don't have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with Azar with that athleticism and Nick, at very worst, is going to be a great shooter, right? And a, now, a now great to, to, defender to be, at the point of attack. To be fair, I want to explain that about my uh, feelings on, on Nick Smith and the reason why I'm, I'm always a little down on him. It's there's sometimes you see a player, and whenever you see him, they're not quite as good as everybody tells you they are. It, or, or, or it's kind of like, uh, you know, the the prophet from your own hometown. You're like, what? Jesus, man, that was the carpenter's kid. He ain't nothing, man. I, come on, I ain't believing it. So it's the same thing with Nick Smith is that when I started paying attention to him, it was in conjunction with Riley Kugel as a Florida Gator. And I watched the head-to-head -head matchup with the Arkansas team and Orlando team. And I was like, Nick Smith, he's the leading scorer in that game. He's the best player on the court. Nick Smith is like 20 pounds lighter than him. What do we see in the SEC? I thought Kugel had a much better year. So it's hard for me to get over that bias. I'm like, if I'm going to take a, you know, this kind of size guy, I got Riley Kugel. He's so much better. He ain't even declared for the grab. Why would I take Nick Smith at 6'5"? 
you know, that kind of thing. But I am hopeful for him. I, I know he was highly rated and stuff. So that, that's where my bias comes when it comes to that. I just want to, you know, come clean on that, if you will. Yeah, I mean, we all have our uh, differences. And I think for me and Coop, too, I think we're relying a lot on a lot of the high school stuff that a lot of people just, I mean, understandably so aren't watching because not a lot of people watch high school basketball. Um, so I think there's a big discrepancy there in terms of, you know, how we might view him in comparison to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I think if I were a Magic fan, my absolute dream scenario would be like, as much as 6 and 11 would be cool, I would love to just trade what I can and get Scoot. Like, I think that that Magic getting someone that can really elevate the other pieces around them would just be so huge for them. Having someone that can really just like, set up Franz, set up uh, Paolo all the time down the court, uh, I think would just be like my absolute dream scenario. Again, we're not basing this on like extreme realism here. Um, it's sort of a, a reach for the stars, but might have some sort of chance of happening. So uh, I think that would be my pick. But uh, Malik, we can't thank you enough for coming on. Um, you know, it's been great having you. Uh, I think you're here another time. I wasn't able to make that podcast, and this time Bryce wasn't able to make it, so we're just rotating at this point. Um, but, you know, it was, it was awesome having you. Uh, feel free to just plug everything you do, any sort of work you do where people can find you at. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, I'm Malik G on Twitter. Uh, I do work with Close Up Magic as well as the Florida Basketball Hour. I just want to plug you guys that uh, you're just a, a great podcast to listen to because like I said, you get really into the nitty gritty of these players and tear them apart, but it's also accessible for those of us who can't get into all the film and are just, you know, trying to get into it at the last minute. You really give a lot of information in ways that people can, can really understand and you're dedicated about it. So um, I'm the same as you guys, any basketball conversation you want to have, I, I would love to be able to talk basketball year round and not have to talk, baseball ever because i sleep fine <laughs> so that's, that's my goal at any given moment so if you want to hit me up and talk something i'll give you a shitty opinion and we'll go from there i appreciate it thank you for the kind words and again thank you for coming on uh means a lot to us uh cooper uh i'll plug you real quick you can find him at ali underscore oop underscore coop uh, you could follow all of our stuff at upside swings on twitter uh, you can find us upsideswings.com. There's a lot of great content we're pumping out right there. Uh, and you can follow me at report underscore court. Um, I probably can't do it as good as Bryce, but uh, we are the Upside Swings uh, draft podcast. Um, thanks for listening, and we hope we hit our ceiling. Thank you. We'd once again like to thank the people at GlobalShopSolutions.com. Simplify your manufacturing and schedule a demo today at GlobalShopSolutions.com. Thanks again for sponsoring the podcast. Thanks again for listening. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thank you.